it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I love you too, sweetie. <clears throat> if you're new here, you've been coming, I've, I've been talking about the kingdom and the king. And we're doing a series on the kingdom and the king, or the king and the kingdom. And I've been really focusing on the kingdom to start with. And we've said things like this, understanding the kingdom starts in the heart. It starts here. Jesus said, you know, you look, you try and observe this thing coming. It doesn't come externally. It's in you. The kingdom of God is within you. That's why every issue is a heart issue. The Bible says that our hearts are wicked. But the heart of man is wicked because we've all bitten from this tree of good and evil. God said, don't bite from that tree. You can't handle that. But we did and disobeyed. And so we have this wickedness in our hearts. But we also have Jesus Christ in our hearts, in our spirit. So we have this battle of good and evil and understanding his kingdom and greater levels of sight start in the heart. That's why you see Paul praying passionately a number of times that the church would capture a revelation in the heart. The second thing we've talked about, it's the renewed mind that unlocks the kingdom. It's a renewed mind through the spirit, through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Man can't receive anything unless it's given from heaven. On the revelation of the rock, I will build my church. You didn't get it from yourself. You got it from the Father. It's the second thing we've talked about. Third thing, the mind is only renewed by a revelation via the Spirit. The fullness of that. And then we've talked about we must die to our patterns, our patterns, and live by His. That's a challenge to die to your patterns. And the reality is some of the patterns we're living by and this was my revelation last year, is that I didn't realize that they weren't his patterns. I thought they were his patterns, but they were my patterns. And so the reality is we have, the Bible talks about having a veil. You can have a veil over your eyes and you don't realize that you're actually living by your own patterns and not his pattern in some areas of your life. And the challenge is you don't even know that's the case. How confusing is that? That's true deception when you've, deceived yourself because you don't realize what you don't know until God decides to show you then it brings you to your knees but then life comes and so can I ask you this week and over the next time to ask you go to God and say God are there things am I building my life on my patterns things that I don't even know are there there's a veil that I don't even know is there the Bible says that scales fell off the eyes of Paul and then he could see. Peter talks about an axe. There was this veil. I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit was for the Gentiles. He says, no, 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 to God three times. Three times the man that has the power, the fire, the Holy Spirit is healing people. And when God comes in a vision, in a revelation about the Holy Spirit, he does it in food and brings it on a blanket when he's asleep at Simon Joppa's house. He says, what's this about? I've never eaten this stuff. It was about Holy Spirit for the Gentile. It's for the Gentiles. And he wakes up and he gets it. But he didn't know that before that point in time, did he? In fact, he fought against it. See, it's not as easy as just praying a prayer and yabba dabba do, I'm going to heaven. There was way more, way more that we are to perceive and walk in and see as his children. And this is what is happening here. God is building a wineskin, a new wineskin, where he's, he's, he's shaking his church right now. He's, he's sifting it. 
And he's looking to see who really wants it, who really, really is going to walk in accuracy with him, who desires him more than themselves, who's prepared to lay it down for an inheritance that awaits those that do. But the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Because few will walk the walk that they need to walk to reach the prize. Because the cost is great, but the inheritance is great. And we have all been invited to partake, but your choices will determine whether you will or not. And I have to tell you the truth. I have to tell you the truth. Otherwise, I am not doing my role. And to be honest, his judgment is way more scary than yours. future we embrace is determined by the revelation we carry. The future we embrace is determined by the revelation that we carry. What does the word revelation mean? It's the word apocalypsis, which means the unfolding of, the unveiling of, the revealing of. If you think about the book of Revelation, Some of the people, some, some Christians don't read the book of Revelation. Some Christians think it's a scary book. Some Christians think the book of Revelation is, is about the tribulation. Some Christians think we don't even go near this book because we don't understand it. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what this book is about. It says those who read it will be blessed. God is trying to show who Jesus is through the revelation of the book, this book. So if you keep a mindset, if, you're, if you've been set under leadership or whatever, or just your own self, oh, you don't read that because it's got all these funny things about funny heads and all this sort of stuff, don't go near it. You're missing out on incredible wisdom and insight that God is trying to show us because it's about the manifested glory of Jesus. Like I said before, when he threw the Gospels, he was a servant. Yes, he was still a king, but he came as a servant. When he returns, he's coming as king. The book of Revelation is about his kingship. And you start reading about eyes that burn, hair that's like white as wool, flames coming out of his every bit of him. You capture the revelation of that Jesus. That'll shake your world. That'll wake you up and me up. I'm preaching to me today. And it says, blessed are those who read this book and take it to heart. And it's in the very first part of the book, in the very first chapter. I'm not preaching on this today. I don't know why we're here, but we're here. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy. And heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. The revelation of Jesus Christ is what that book is about. Because I've said before, he's coming for a church, he's coming to rule the world, judge the world, and he's coming to rule the world. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God that you 
put your faith in, the God that you put your trust in, the God that you believe in, is that King. You get your eyes on that King, man, I'll tell you, your problems look about this big. And I'm not saying that's easy, but I am trying to stir something in us today by faith. Because I know it is the truth, and I know it is the answer, and I know He is the answer to every single issue we struggle with. And in comparison, guys, our stuff is minimal. And I don't want to undermine anybody what you're going through today, but if we can capture the revelation of Jesus Christ and the manifested glory that He brings in the lives that He wants us to live, Man, things change. Thank you, Lord. Our current revelation of who God is will determine everything about who we are and the lives we live. Our choices, our engagement in His primary mission, our priorities, our values, the level of cost that we're prepared to pay to follow Him, and our ability to see His kingdom and all that pertains to it. If you've got your Bibles, just come with me to Luke 7. And I shared on Friday night with just our, our young guys this incredible story which I actually personally believe is probably one of the most powerful stories in the entire Bible. It relates heavily to what I'm preaching on today in Revelation because we see three people in this story. We see Jesus Christ himself. We see this woman that is labelled a sinner. She's a sinner. She's possibly a prostitute. And we see this religious man called Simon, a Pharisee. Just a religious man. These three people are in this story. and Let's pick it up in verse 36. and I'm just going to pull a couple of things from this passage because it really is it's, a, it's an incredible picture of what I believe God is trying to say to us today. Now, one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table, when she learned Christ was at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And as I'm reading this to you, I want you to think about the words that are being used. I want you to think about the pictures that are being that God is trying to show us and where this woman is compared to where Simon is, the words that she says compared to the words that he says, the words that Jesus uses in comparison to both. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and I said and said I suppose the one whom he forgave more and he said to him you judge correctly turning toward the woman he said to Simon do you see this woman I entered your house you gave me no water for my feet 
but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, 47 is massive, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who was forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Your faith in me has saved you today. Go in peace. He who is forgiven little loves little. But he who loves much is forgiven much. What's he saying? He's saying, my people, if you capture a revelation of what I did on that cross, for you are all sinners destined to a place called hell with the nature that you currently have. If you can capture the revelation of the love that I have for you. Not you to me, but me to you. And that I sent my son because I burn, burn with this love. And I allowed my one and only son to be smashed, ripped apart, have his beard ripped out, have his flesh torn open. If you can capture this revelation of what, how much I love you, you will love with much. And this is a fantastic picture of one religious man who doesn't get it at all and a prostitute who was perceived by the religious man as the scum of the earth. There's one thing judging people. It's another thing to judge God, isn't it? If Jesus knew, look at the religiousness in this man. If Jesus knew who was touching him, oh, how disgusting it is. So not only is he judging the woman as being a disgusting, filthy bit of whatever, he's judging Jesus because he has no concept, he has no revelation of who Jesus is and what he came to do. But the woman does. She captures it. And she is not... She is not what we would expect, is she? But she's everything Jesus wants. And Jesus is comfortable allowing this woman to touch him. Are we? Are we in the lives of people that don't know him? Are we comfortable hanging out with people that don't know him and do some things that, that she maybe did? Because the one we follow was. He's very comfortable. He's very comfortable with the religious system looking and even judging him. He's very cool with all that. And he says, there's an object lesson here, Simon, and man, you are missing it big time. 
But if you can capture the revelation of my love, this is what you will do. You'll get this alabaster vial of perfume. Now we've got to realize that the very thing that these, the perfume, this, this, this vial, this alabaster vial, you actually couldn't, if my understanding is correct, you couldn't take the top off and just pour it. You have to smash the whole thing to break it, to break it open, to release the contents. So what's in there is they reckon about you know, a year's worth of wages. A year's worth of wages released onto this person called Jesus Christ because she understands, she has the revelation of his love. It's not just a drop. Here's a bit. It's everything that is contained in this vial is released over him. Extravagant love. Unfathomable, indescribable, inexplainable love that she has for him. Because she captures, has got the revelation. It goes on. It says this. And standing behind him at his feet. Look at the body language of where she is. She began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with this perfume. His feet possibly were smelly, stinky, had stuff in between his toes because they would walk everywhere. They never had, you know, the latest cars and even probably horses. They just walked everywhere. This woman is down, and we saw this through Clay's message once, which was fantastic. And this woman is down kissing these feet. For much is forgiven. There is incredible love that is released. See, when the Pharisee notices this, listen to his words. If this man were a prophet, buddy, he was more than a prophet. The words, he would know what sort of person that was touching him. And I love how Jesus says, I've got something to tell you. And this is where you see the religious spirit go, oh, what what good thing is he going to tell me? Here I am. Come on. Is it a word? Is it about a prophetic thing about what I'm doing in my ministry? He says, bro, I've been here. You've given me no water. You haven't even offered me a, a drink. You're missing the point. Almighty God just turned up in your house and you're missing the point because you're missing the revelation. But this woman, she's captured something through the eyes of revelation, the heart. That's why it comes to the heart. That's why you try and understand this kingdom thing just through your head. You'll never get it. It's a revelation of the heart. It's a revelation that comes through the spirit. God has intentionally set it up that way because if we could figure it out the other way, we'd control it. We'd get our hands on it. We'd manipulate it. I would. God says, no way. This thing is a mystery as well as being known. And if you can capture the revelation of it, 
And then he says this, your faith has saved you. Not your lifestyle, not this, not that, but your faith in me. The early church, I'm talking about the Old Testament, were made righteous by their faith in God. And so much, we can be focusing on our stuff, our sin. God's like going, okay, it's not cheap grace, but if you have faith in me, so I was trying to say before, if you would choose me over your circumstance, if you would look towards me, that stuff disappears. It's faith that made Abraham righteous. And so much of the time as the church, we can just be focusing on our stuff that God has forgiven us for countless times and he's going, look that way by faith and choose to walk. I see what you're doing. I've forgiven for it. You can't hide it. Would you walk that way by faith? Because it's all good. Does that make sense? That's grace. Unmerited favour. That you can be doing X one minute and walking straight into his presence because you've asked for forgiveness for that and you've come into the Holy of Holies. I can't imagine anyone, any person that's quite like that, can you? That is so accepting, so loving, so gracious. That's how extreme his love is. It's extreme beyond extreme. (laughs) There aren't no words to describe it. And a revelation of it means that your life looks like hers. Your worship to him is extravagant. Your giving to him is extravagant. Your serving of others is extravagant. The laying down of your life is extravagant. Your giving of your finances is extravagant. Every bit about you becomes extravagant. The greater the revelation of his love is. That's the whole point. You become like him. And a world then starts to see him through you. And it comes through seeking him. My point is this. this. Revelation enlarges our capacity to see. And this brings transformational life. Revelation enlarges our capacity to see from here. And this very thing brings a transformational life. Transforming lives by giving ourselves away. To know God through that transformation and then to make Him known. God is looking for a transformation. Not just a tweaking, but a transformed person transforms a neighborhood. It's a transformed person through the power, through the blood of Jesus, through the revelation, that transforms the city. It's a transformed person. That's what we're all invited to. And it is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. For some it does in the sense of we all experience different encounters with God. But are we positioning ourselves in a way that we would receive it? That's the challenge because that's really all you can do and we'll look at that next week. But the true battle is for sight. This woman's ability to see through the eyes of revelation what she was saved from is what empowers her to be extravagant in her worship to God and the sight comes from the heart. If we can't see it, we can't build it. 
And the reality is that you can have your eyes open, but they are closed. You can actually walk around with your eyes open, but the eyes here are shut down and closed. Let me read Acts 9.8. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And I believe this is a prophetic picture for some of God's people in the earth today. Physical eyes open, but not really seen through the eyes of the Spirit. See, I can see you. I can see my hand, but I can't really see. This woman had sight where this other man had no sight. It's not related to physical sight. It's spiritual sight. We heard about last Wednesday at our leadership training in the cafe, this disease called slow to learn, taken out of Hebrews. And it was said that we can be dull on the inside and it's not how God wants us at all. And Kevin said, take a CT scan of your soul. That's good, isn't it? I thought, man, write that down, pinch that. Take a CT scan of your soul. What does it look like? God wants the very best for you. But what's our reality today? There's no judgment in that. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not where I want to be. So I'm going to go and put X, Y and Z in place through the Spirit so I can be where I want to be. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to encourage us to, it's not, it's conviction, not condemnation. This is what I really want. This is what God spoke over my life 10 years ago. You know what? I haven't seen it come to pass because maybe I've walked away from it. Because it didn't happen at the first, second or third try. God would say to you today, persevere. Be someone of perseverance. Push through trials. Push through things through his spirit leading. Listen to Acts 9, 17 to 19, because this man, Ananias, he receives a vision, a revelation from God. And this is where it's not just about receiving revelation, it's about being obedient to the revelation you receive. So he receives this revelation in a dream. Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, God uses other people to bring you revelation. God is divine, He is sovereign, and He can bring you the revelation directly to you. But He also uses His people, because He partners with His people, who He gets to see things, and those people come forth and speak it into your life. And the challenge is whether you'll choose to receive it or not. Because it will genuinely be different from your perspective of what it currently is. So the challenge is do we have humility of heart to receive it and maybe journey with the person or people for sight to come? I wonder what would have happened to Simon if he'd chosen to hang out with this prostitute. But I'm picking, it doesn't say he went, ugh, disgusting. I'm walking my own walk because I've got it all down pat. And he was missing the mark big time, wasn't he? And here we see this man, Ananias. I mean, how many of you would have been up for that? If you know the story, this man, Paul, was killing Christians. He was number one enemy. He was like the A-team we heard about killing Christians. 
And you get a revelation and a dream. You don't know, you know, you've heard about this man, you've never met him, but you've heard about him. He's destroying the early church, he's trying to. God wakes you up and says, I want you to go and meet this man. I want you to lay hands on him and pray for him. And Ananias even says, but God, he's killing us. And God says, do it anyway. And this is where obedience has to kick in over our fear, over whatever we're struggling with. Do it anyway. This man is part of probably the greatest apostles man's journey and Paul scales full off his eyes and he sees God, Jesus, the fullness. He was like this man, Simon the Pharisee. He now becomes like the woman. He sees. And we know the story. Did Paul lay his life down in crazy ways, doesn't he? Five times I have been whipped. Jesus was once. He was five times. I've been stoned. I've been beaten. I've been left for dead. Why? Because this guy caught a revelation of the love of Jesus and his life was transformed, which is my point. Unbelievable. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized and he took food and was strengthened. You know, that's what God wants, I believe, for us all. He wants us to walk with that revelation of love, understanding his love, perceiving his love. Because you capture that heart, soul, mind, strength, the divine order that I've spoken about. It flows through you, out of you. The presence of God that was in you is released to an earth. And they look at you, and it ain't you, it's God in you. So every time I say this, this is what I'm saying. Okay, I might not articulate it this way, but every time I say this, I'm talking about God in us. There is nothing good in Greg Simner. God in Greg Simner. Greg Simner has to walk in a way, petition in a way, the Holy Spirit is released through me by faith, by dying to self. Through the Spirit, there's this release of presence into the atmosphere. It's kingdom coming to earth. And it is for every single one of us. Another picture this is John 4, 34, 35. And we see Jesus with his disciples. And Jesus says, my food is to do the will of my Father. And Jesus says, the disciples say, four months more. And Jesus is going, it's now, guys. It's now. But these men go, no, four months more. It's always going to be in the future. I'm always going to seek you in the future. I'm always going to wait until life gets really bad and crappy before I seek you. It's going to take an earthquake, God, to wake me up. And Jesus is saying, it's today. It's not four months more. It's today. But see, a lack of sight And we respond in the opposite way to God. Capture this. A lack of sight, a lack of revelation has you responding differently to Jesus. 
Because Jesus says it's now and the disciples who don't have the revelation say it's four months more. That's scary, isn't it? You can walk, knowing you can walk your whole life this way when he's going that way. Wondering why. How come it isn't working out for me? How come this isn't going? How come you're not blessing me like the Bible says? How come you're not doing all this stuff? Because you don't have the revelation of the sight that he has and you should have been going that way. And it literally can set you in opposition to his kingdom. It's another scary thought, isn't it? Revelation is not something you can dig out of a theological book or study guide. It's not even something you can unravel in the Bible or by yourself. Revelation is locked up and around the Bible calls mystery. A mystery cannot be hunted down and trapped like an animal. It can't be discovered by persistent searching. It must be revealed. We don't unlock mysteries. They are unlocked for us. And they are only unlocked and revealed to those who hunger for them. Jesus said he concealed truth in parables so it remained a mystery to some but not for others. In the same way he put gold in the rocks and said if you want it, go find it and dig it out. The Bible says in Proverbs 25.2 it is the glory of God to conceal a matter but the glory of kings to search it out. God doesn't take the pearls of revelation, those things that were gained through hardship and difficulty, conflict and irritation, and freely throw them out to anybody. That's a challenge, isn't it? It's, it's sort of a little bit different from a story, and, and, and I say this with grace and love, but you know, just pray a prayer and get saved and God will look after you. That's sort of part of a first step. That you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and Saviour with all your heart. See, I truly believe that the level of your repentance, which is this woman, the level of understanding what you are praying that prayer about. So not coming to him because he was going to make your life good. Not coming to him because you were having a hard time at that particular time. But coming to him because you had the sight of who you weren't and your level of need for him because we are all sinners and I said before who are going to a place called hell if we do not acknowledge him as our saviour coming into an understanding of this incredible love and so you make the decision to follow Christ from that perspective is way different from just you know acknowledging in a meeting like this oh gee um, yep I'm not that good he's, I've heard this he's my friend and, and he'll make it all better I don't want to I'm not undermining anything please hear my heart I'm trying to say the level of revelation that you receive, the level of your repentance will determine everything. And I'm encouraging you to seek Him. Seek Him. Seek revelation because the revelation of love will lead to a transformed life where you will start loving like this lady in this book. Your worship will be extravagant. Your serving will be extravagant. Not just in the house. I'm talking about 24-7. The way you live your life will be extravagant. Worship is what? What's worship? What does the Bible say our spiritual act of worship is? Love. 
laying down your life as your spiritual act of worship. Father, today, Lord, there's so much more we could say, but Lord, I know you're calling this is just to pray. Let's just maybe stand, let's just stand before God. I'll get all the musos just to stay where you are too and you just stand and pray as well. Father, we stand before you as your children. And I thank you, Father, that we have acknowledged you as our Lord and Saviour. I thank you that we are walking with you. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us an amount of revelation to be able to pray that prayer, to be able to acknowledge you and who you are to whatever measure we have today. And, Lord, I pray for those that are hungry, for those that really want it, you will see the hearts cry. And I pray, God, you would enlarge the measure of the revelation. Enlarge the revelation of the love of God in our hearts. That we would, our, our lives, me, me, not someone else, but me, it would be my experience, it would be my reality. Little old Greg Simner or Danielle Simner or Kurt Byer or Mel Byer or Nick Hughes or Mike Hewitson, or Gavin Curry, with all our stuff going on, that I would, we would, everyone here would, receive a greater measure of the revelation of your love for us. So much forgiven would be much love. We are dependent on your Holy Spirit. Counsel your people, Holy Spirit. I ask, Father, to you to release now in the name of Jesus a greater measure of revelation, a command, a greater revelation to come in the name of Jesus to every heart that is Asking every heart that is hungry, ask, seek, knock, and you will find. So ask, seek, knock, my people. And I am faithful to my word. I am faithful to show up. I am faithful to do. When I see a heart that's motivated for me, when a heart is motivated, pure motivation for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.